Today on The Girl Defined Show, we have a special episode for our married women talking about something that isn't really talked about a lot in the church. In fact, I was just talking to a friend and we were talking about this topic of when you're married and you find yourself noticing other men or being attracted to certain personalities and other men, like, is that wrong? Is there a line you shouldn't cross? We often hear topics of purity talked about for single women in the church, but then what happens when you're married? Do verses on purity still apply to us? How do we honor our husbands? How do we appreciate our husbands and the unique giftings and qualities that God has given them without letting our thoughts fantasize about other men. And if you're in a place where you're like, yeah, I'm going there in my mind, I'm fantasizing about other men. I'm married. They're married. I don't know what to do. We are going to get into all of that today on The Girl Defined Show. What's up, y'all? It's Bethany, Kristen, and Audrey here today. And I- And who's Audrey? Oh, People might not know. (laughs) Come on, where have you been? Audrey is my little sweet three-month-old. She'll probably be a little older, you know. She's Well, she's getting a month older every month. She's so (laughs) cute. She's so sweet. I hope she stays sleeping for this podcast because it makes it easier. If she wakes up, you'll hear some amens from her. She does not like a passy or a bottle. So I was telling Kristen, I'm like, when we record, she's just going to have to come because I got no other option. She likes her mama. She likes her mommy. Which is good. Okay, I have been actually thinking about this conversation about fantasy, fantasizing, um, and just, you know, creating even emotional relationships with other men. What about when someone slides into your DMs as a married woman? What about when you are Mm. at the grocery store and you run into that neighbor, that person from your church, and they strike up a conversation with you and you're like, hmm, this seems to be getting Mm -hmm. like maybe more emotional. Like, what do we do with this? What if you walk into church and you're like, notice that, hmm, that that guy's look really attractive, but you're married. Maybe you even have kids. Like, what do we do with this? And I, you know, I've heard secular sources talk about this and I haven't heard a lot of Christians talk right. about it. I know. So I'm really excited. I know. I, I was like just, whispering like, ooh. ooh. I was just talking to a friend about it the other day too. And she was saying the same thing that, um, you know, like I've been married me, Kristen, yeah. <laughs> I've been married for almost 12 years, oh, wow. which is crazy. That's um, This friend had been married even longer. And we were just having this conversation about like in the church, oftentimes verses about purity and like this push for purity, this idea of like, oh, you know, save yourself for marriage or, you know, this different kind of lingo is really encouraged for single women and like unmarried women. But then once you're married, it's almost like yeah. the conversation goes silent. Like there's a lot of help and um, I don't know, resources for like, like your sex life and maybe things like that, like for married women. But then when it comes to what if I find myself attracted or getting emotionally attached or just admiring certain men, maybe too much to where it's not even just a healthy, like, wow, I admire them as a godly man. I appreciate them. But like my thoughts are going beyond that. I'm starting to imagine like, oh, I wonder what it would be like to be married to them or to be in a relationship with them or how would my life be different or even just physical attraction, noticing things like as we age, oftentimes things things are different than when we first got married. So there can even be a temptation to notice people who are more physically attractive. Um, One of the areas that I feel like is the least talked about area is, and this is going to, you're going to feel like squirming in your bones, but it's true. Like when it comes to actual sexual intimacy, Mm. fantasizing about other men to be able to you know, have yeah. a more pleasurable experience. Yes. That's very, very common and something that's just not really talked about. Right. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm just going to say all the awkward things. We're going to no. we have to because this is very real. And this yeah. is something that is, I think, conversations we need to have. Yeah, and I that agree. as married women, we need to be supporting each other. Yes. In in one accountability, because we I think any of you listening who are married would say, I do value my marriage. Yeah. Like, I think the majority of us would say that we do want to honor our covenants. Um, We do 
want to stay emotionally, physically one with our husband in all aspects, but it's the enemy is crafty and he is deceitful and he will get us when we least expect it. And I think that it's wise for us to have these conversations and say, you know what, as Christian sisters, we need to be encouraging each other in this area, reminding each other of truth, holding each other accountable and praying for each other. Yeah, totally. And just like, even what do you do um, if you find that other men, they know you're married, but Mm -hmm. maybe they are trying to strike up an emotional relationship with you. Like, how do you even deal with that? How do you respond? Should you talk to your husband about it? Are you too embarrassed? You know, just like all of that. It's, you know, I don't know why. I don't know why we feel so uncomfortable talking about it. Um, But there's definitely this transition that happens. So you're single and then you get married. And this is something my sister Alyssa and I talked a lot about, like, because we both kind of got married close together. It's just weird because you go from being single and you're kind of like, it's not on the hunt, but you're like obviously wanting to get married. And so you're noticing men, you're noticing single men. You're hoping maybe a great one and you find each other, you know, you're (laughs) praying, you're proactively like, how could I make myself available? And then you get married and it's like, that doesn't Mm -hmm. just shut off for most women immediately. You still walk in the store and you're almost like, oh, I've always kind of just like noticed Mm -hmm. noticed the single men around and noticed you know like I've always just been kind of on the hunt always looking and so it's just hard because it doesn't just go away I mean I know for sure after I got married I found that I was like oh this is something I have to be really proactive about because I'm still like almost in that Mm, single mode I don't know was that something you dealt with yes oh yeah for sure well I remember right after Zach and I got married we were living in an apartment right near one of the big the big um, grocery stores here in Texas H-E-B shout out to all of our Texans (laughs) and I remember I was like freshly married like within our first year and there was this like there was a certain group of guys that worked there they were like the restockers of like the produce or whatever and every time I would go I felt like they were always there for some reason and they were always like looking at me and like ooh, like kind of making comments and like not whistling but like that kind of vibe and I remember just like Oh, like feeling like caught off guard. Like, wait, I'm married. And I wanted to be like, don't you see the ring? Like I'm married. I'm not available, but that didn't matter. It's just the, it's like the vibe of our culture. And I remember having to, in my own heart, wrestle with like, feelings of, okay, before I was married, I would be really flattered by this attention, yeah. but how do I handle this now as a married woman, mm-hmm. like in a way that honors my husband, that shows I am not interested, um, but doesn't like take it to heart or allow it to start stirring things within me. And so I remember that I would have to be really intentional when I would go into that grocery store, knowing that this like group of guys were, that they were almost always there. And I would just have to like, I would not, I would purpose to not look at them, like not make yeah. eye contact. I would just focus on my task. And then afterwards, if I was tempted did to like think thoughts that weren't, you know, good. I would just have to take my thoughts captive. Like, nope, yeah. I'm not going there. Nope. I'm married. Um, you know, God, thank you for my husband. And I would have to be really intentional. Um, but it did catch me off guard yeah. because yeah. that transition from single to marriage and not in a covenant to in a covenant, yeah. um, there's a lot of change that has to take place yeah. emotionally. Um, I think for many of us as women, and sometimes it can be hard. Yeah. So I think this is the part that gets confusing because, God created beauty. He right. created us as sexual beings. He created attraction. He created, you know, there's just, that's how we made men and women and humans, you know? I mean, we, just a beautiful sunset, we admire it. And so it's just hard though, where is that balance when you see someone where you're like, oh, they're an attractive person. Like, is it a sin to be like, oh my goodness, that's an attractive person. Oh, 
oh, I just like, you know, my husband, you know, I, I think mm. that's the thing I kind of want to talk about because we all notice attractive people and if we'd have to like live in a cave, you know, um, if not, we all, you right. know, we all come across people that are physically, um, I don't know, like nice to look at. I don't know their face. <laughs> it's just physically it's nice to look normal, at. you know? And right. so, but what I think the question is, mm-hmm. if we see someone and we go, oh, like our, our mind thinks, oh, that's an attractive person. Do we stay there? Do we dwell on that? Mm. Do we kind of go, ooh, like I wonder what it would be like to kind of be with them? Or if they noticed me, do we kind of dwell and stay there and take it a step further? Or do we just kind of let it be a thought that passes us by? Do we go, that's an attractive person moving on with my day. I'm not trying to get their attention. I'm not trying to, you know, see if they notice me like, oh, did they notice me? I noticed them. So in a podcast I just listened to with Dear Young Married Couple, they all link it because it was really good. They were talking all about like fantasizing and marriage. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the tips that they were giving is saying like, you know, if you notice someone attractive or have a thought that pops into your mind, you don't have to like keep it and and continue mm. to dwell on it. You can just like, it's almost like if you were just walking by it. Okay, you keep moving on with your day. You you don't have to make it a big thing. It doesn't have to become this huge ordeal. Um, but if you do find yourself in a place where you are kind of like dwelling on it or thinking about it, I think that's where you really need to take the thought captive, yes. reject it and like replace it with truth and, and all of that. But I do just want to say, I don't think that, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. I don't think noticing a track... Yeah, who are attractive to you is a sin. Yeah, well, I, I like you said, you can't help it. Yeah, like you live in this world, you can't help what your eyes see. It's the same. Like it's it's not the same. But like even if you saw something that was sinful, like an image that was yeah, like this is pornographic good, yeah. based, then it's like okay, you saw it. Now what do you do with that? Do you yeah. continue to look and dwell on it, or do you immediately flee temptation? Right, yeah. like scripture talks about, like flee. That means get out of there, turn away, guard your heart, your mind. Like you saw it, but you don't have to keep seeing it. But if I that makes think, sense, yeah. Those this, aren't the same no, thing, they're though. not the same thing. It's not like I saw an attractive person and that's a sinful thing. I must flee. My yeah, point yeah. is that seeing something, even if it is sinful, it doesn't become a sin until we actively choose to continue to look and dwell. And it's the same. What I yeah, think yeah, you're yeah. saying is you see an attractive person. You're a married woman. You see a man. You're in Starbucks. You're in grocery store. I'm um, at your church, yeah. wherever, even on social media. And you are you tempted to, oh, wow, you think he's attractive. And then what happens next? Yeah, and exactly. I think that is what you're getting at. Yeah. Just like with content that is is sinful um, in the same way it can become sinful yeah, can. if we go, oh, he is, oh, hmm. and then we keep browsing, yeah. we keep we keep staring, or or we look away, but then, ooh, later on in that yeah. day, that man pops back up into our mind, and then we start thinking, hmm, yeah. you know, I wonder what it would be like to be married to him, or, oh, just his, you know, fantasizing about how attractive he is, and sexual things, like, um, you know, I've even heard from women who, the struggle of, like, what if, you know, what if my husband died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, uh-huh. what if he died? Like, you don't want that, but you're like, what if he died? Hmm, I wonder who I would yeah. marry. And almost going down a path of like fantasizing about other men that you would marry if your husband died. Yeah. So I think so much of it starts in our heart, yeah, for sure. in our emotions. And as women being hypersensitive to that, to say, Lord, help me like in those moments guard my emotions and that's also where I think that community of Christian sisters being honest with each other and saying look I'm really struggling emotionally in my heart in my thoughts I am wrestling with having these fan you know these fantasies about this particular man Um, I've had a woman confess to me something exactly like that she was saying you know he's a married man I am struggling with thoughts toward him I just find him really attractive um I he's really godly there's nothing happening it was all in her heart and mind and she just said can you please pray for me in this and I thought 
Wow. I am so proud. Like that is the most courageous thing to be open and honest because it can feel so embarrassing and so icky and almost like, oh, if anyone knew I even wrestled with this, like what would they think of me? But I think it's a common struggle that we all as Christian women face. Yeah, for sure. And and in some ways, so to take it in the same, like take it a step further, um, I found a lot of freedom in understanding this, especially even when it comes to being married and living in a world with other attractive women. Because mm. you think, oh, what if my hu- husband sees an attractive woman? Like, oh my gosh, you know, like, yes. especially when you're, you know, in those first few years and you're just trying to figure out your marriage. And this is another common thing a lot of women yeah. deal with. You might be thinking that too, like, oh, there's this really godly, beautiful woman in our small group. And oh, my husband, you know, and, but it's the same thing. Like a man can notice a woman and her beauty, um, but what does he do with mm-hmm. it from there? And so, you know, him having good accountability, good support, just like us, it's yeah. the same thing. So we don't have to be afraid of other people. We don't have to live in fear, but we can acknowledge the beauty and other people, um, but not dwell on it, not um, stay there, just move yeah. on. Just like we saw a beautiful rose. Okay, now I'm moving on with my day. It's not something I'm... <laughs> beautiful rose. <laughs> like, okay, we can think about a rose and how great it is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you yes. don't... It's just a thought. It's just, okay, I pass. Yeah. I go on. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have mm-hmm. to be scared to go into the world. Um, obviously there's wisdom. Like, I mean, so here's an example, like maybe your grocery store situation, if there's something like that and you're like, this just makes me uncomfortable and I am tempted in this way, you can always pick a different grocery store, you know? So that's true. I will say when we finally moved out of that area and I started shopping at a different HEB, I was really relieved. I should have gone, I should have started shopping somewhere else sooner, but it wasn't a really big struggle for me, but I will say I was relieved when I didn't have to go there anymore. Something else that's been really helpful for me is having super open communication, like Mm, Christian said. So Dave and I, even every year, I feel like our communication grows and we get stronger. And I feel like even in our fourth year of marriage, it's become even stronger to where we can even be honest about these sorts of things um, and share them. And so there have been times where I have had like, I felt like I've had an uncomfortable interaction Unfortunately, it's been with, I was telling Kristen, like divorced men. And that makes sense, especially if they're recently divorced, like wanting an emotional connection, maybe with a woman. But I'm like, sometimes I'm with my kids and I've just run into someone who's from the past or I know them. And it's just kind of made me uncomfortable. And Mm. there was a particular situation. I don't think I've actually told you about this. I'm curious. I'm not going to share all the details because I don't want to give the person's identity away. But I... I was really feeling uncomfortable by someone that was very well respected um, and was Mm. kind of a lot of people knew and I'm married, this person is married. And I was really starting to feel uncomfortable about my interactions with this person and with a man, with a man. And I was starting to feel like they were really seeking me out and, you know, nothing officially happened, but honestly, like I didn't actually tell Dave about that for a few months because I was really embarrassed Mm. because I thought, I don't know. I just thought this person is so well-respected. Like, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, sharing with Dave, though, was one of the most freeing things. I literally told him, I was like, I'm so embarrassed to, like, share this. It just, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable, and I don't know why I feel so embarrassed, but I just feel so dumb. And, like, but I just, let Mm. me share this situation with you and tell you what kind of has happened. And Dave was so kind and gracious, and he was, you know, like, really supportive. And we were able to take some steps to kind of make sure that (laughs) there was very clear signs that I wasn't giving the, the, you know, the signals back. good. But I just want to encourage you to be open with your husband, be open with godly women, even if you feel like it's so dumb or you're so embarrassed because that's how I felt in the past, that there's so much freedom that happens when we bring things into the light, even if they haven't crossed over into sin yet, just to know that there are people on our team that are on our side that want to pray for us and encourage us. It just brings so much freedom. So I just hope that encourages you to to be open with your husband about things that are going on, even 
you know, if you're tempted, like, okay, maybe I won't tell him about that interaction. Maybe I won't like, it's okay. Maybe share and your relationship can grow stronger and you can support one another. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to continue to be this embarrassing thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was something that for sure, it, this was years ago, but you had mentioned the intimacy thing about yeah. like when you're intimate intimate with your spouse and having fantasies of other men or just other maybe scenarios going on in yeah, your head. Totally. And something I've talked about a little bit, but this was a really big impact of struggling with masturbation when yeah. I was unmarried. And I talk a lot about that in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. Um, awesome book, single yeah. or married, just to build a biblical understanding of God's design for sexuality for every season and stage of life. I encourage you to check it out girldefined.com slash shop. Um, but in there, I talk about my struggle with masturbation and it was very much fueled by lustful thoughts and fantasies. And that's how I was aroused. That's how, you know, orgasm in masturbation. And so mm-hmm. I thought, well, once I'm, and I did eventually conquer that habitual sin that I had struggled with prior to marriage. But I remember thinking once I'm married, there won't be any effects of this yeah. that I'll take with me into my marriage. Like I'll, I'll be able to enjoy sexual intimacy with my husband. There will be no struggles. Like it'll be beautiful and awesome. And it was, but there were struggles that Mm -hmm. I did not anticipate. And I have since talked to a lot of women, a lot of you who have said, I don't know what to do about this. Like, this is a struggle. And I just feel so embarrassed. Like you said, I feel awkward. I don't know if I should talk to my husband about this. And so for me, what was happening is that my body, physical body was so trained to be aroused by the fantasies that I had allowed into my heart and mind for years in my singleness that when I got married, they didn't just go away. They didn't Mm -hmm. just disappear. And of course, the enemy's not going to just let that temptation (laughs) slide. He's like, oh no, we're leaning into this one. And so for me, as I was intimate with my husband, I would find my mind naturally wanting to go to those same fantasies that had aroused me before. It was Mm -hmm. like almost like a physical reaction in my brain and my body. And I remember struggling and thinking, Thinking like, what is this? Like, yeah. I thought this was going to go away. And I felt so awkward and embarrassed. I didn't want to have this struggle, yeah, but it was like frequently sure. when we were intimate, um, this would come up in my heart and mind. Mm-hmm. And so I struggled for months early on, just like battling in my heart. Do I tell Zach? Do I yeah. not? I was praying like, Lord, help me. And like before moments of intimacy with him, I would pray like, God, help me to take my thoughts yeah. captive to enjoy this man right in front of me and not these thoughts that are coming into my brain. And so it wasn't though until I finally had the courage to talk to Zach and say, look, and same kind of like you, like, I'm, I don't really know like how to say this. I feel really awkward and like, honestly, just kind of like ashamed, but I'm struggling in my mind, like when we're intimate and I just want you to know, like, I'm I'm trying to fight it. I'm asking yeah. God for help. Would you please pray for me mm-hmm. in this? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know how he was going to be, re- like, respond if he was going to want more details. Like, well, tell me everything. Like, what's going on? And how long has this been happening? And, you know, we talked about it a little more, but he wasn't interested in, like, every detail. He just said, wow. That's probably good, right? Yes, that's probably good. We don't need to share every last detail, but just enough to where he knows what's going on. I'm being transparent with him in our marriage. It's this, this sin in my heart and mind, this fantasy, it's affecting our intimacy. It's affecting our oneness affecting our covenant like I need to involve him in this and he's not going to know unless I tell him Mm -hmm. and so telling him and having him on my team in a sense like supporting me praying for me and I said would you ask me like every few weeks how I'm doing like just knowing I would have the accountability I said I want you to ask me so you can like help me I eventually um, later on shared it with the ladies that were in my small group which took a lot of guts because I remember for months God was pressing it on my heart like 
share, like be transparent. And I'm like, no, 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 like that's, it's fine. I don't need to. And I'm not saying you have to share. It's yeah. You take that before the Lord, the things you're struggling with. But for me, I'm like, I want to, I want the support and help and encouragement of the Christian women in my life. And so even sharing that in my small group with the ladies, it was amazing. The conversations that it started of other women saying I've had similar struggles or not that exact trouble, but something different. And just the openness that we were able to have with each other to pray for each other in this particular way as married women was huge. And I just remember feeling like, oh, this is the body of Christ. Like this is what we're meant to be for one another. We're not meant to bear these burdens alone. So I just want to encourage you if you're in that place as a married woman to share it with your husband, ask God for the courage and do it to share it with a trusted Christian sister, you know, in your small group, a close friend um, that you know will pray for you um, and support you. Because looking back, I have no regrets that I opened up about it. And in fact, it has helped me um, strive after purity in my heart, in my marriage, fight for the oneness of my marriage to have that kind of support. Yeah. I think most of you are wondering like, okay, what are next steps? What can I do now? Where can I find support? Um, So I think maybe we can just each share a few things Mm -hmm. that have helped us or resources that we really like. Obviously gaining a really, really good understanding of God's design for sexuality, of God's design for true intimacy, which you already mentioned, sex purity Mm -hmm. and the longings of a girl's heart. You have to start there. Because if you don't understand as a Christian woman, God's design for sex, God's design for intimacy, the greater purpose for it all, then it's just, you know, we're kind of like, I don't know, putting band-aids on things. It's just like so, a list of do's and don'ts, but like, yeah. where does it really stem from? Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, Dear Young Married Couple just did, like, it was mm-hmm. only like a 15-minute podcast episode, but it was really good specifically on this. So I'll link that below, or you can go to their, you know, Dear Young Married Couple podcast. And then for me, another resource that has been so life-changing is Francie Winslow's podcast, yeah. Heaven in Your Home. I, you know, literally just started at the beginning, and I have listened to the majority of her episodes, and they have been so helpful. She's all about, um, you know, helping married women understand how mm-hmm. to have true, amazing intimacy in their marriages. Um, and she like goes to all the places, interviews us, all the most amazing people. Oh, but really, really helps you think through some of these very personal, yeah. very. Uh, you know, difficult scenarios. And mm-hmm. she actually offers, she calls it, I don't know, it's the discipleship circle. I don't exactly know the name of it, but if you just go yeah. to heaven in your home, um, search heaven in your home on Google, she has, that's her main thing mm-hmm. she offers. It's like a community for women exactly in these yeah. scenarios that we're talking about to have a trusted community. Yeah. Um, and she personally disciples the women in that community. And so that would be an amazing step that you could take. And I know it's difficult. Like you had a, a good godly group of women right, to share right. with. You don't just want to share these things with anyone. It doesn't yes. A trusted community. So yeah. if you're not sure if you have a trusted community, finding something like this, like Francie Winslow's, um, you know, uh, you know, just circle of godly sisters, that could be a great place. So those are a few um, things that I would definitely recommend and resources that have helped me. Mm-hmm. I would recommend something we always recommend, which is getting a mentor, um, having someone that is a real life person. That's an older godly woman. Doesn't mean she has to be like really old, but just older and wiser and godly. Someone that you feel like this is my person. Like those resources, those same ones Bethany mentioned, like um, there's so many amazing things that we could tap into that we often don't because we're just like, I just have this struggle and we just keep struggling alone, but we don't ever speak up. We don't share our struggle. We don't take steps to get help. We don't take action. We we aren't honest. And so that's what the enemy loves the most is to keep us trapped in darkness. Um, Sin thrives in darkness. We feel isolated, alone. We feel so ashamed. And that's right where the enemy wants us. But God talks so often in scripture about how freedom is found when we walk in the light, when we bring things into the open and say, I'm actually struggling with this. Like, can we talk about it with that trusted godly mentor going through, um, you know, that 
Francie Winslow <laughs> court, like circle of mentors, like whatever it's called. It's like, it's just stuff that we could take advantage of. So yeah. a godly mentor asking an older woman, like, could you mentor me? And maybe there's even a book, you know, that you like, um, I'm thinking of Julie Slattery. What is her, um, holy sexuality. That is one. It's her most recent one. Um, it's called holy sexuality. I thought for sure it was called holy sexuality. Okay. We'll link it below. Julie Slattery. Look her up. She has authentic intimacy, which is another, um, podcast that I wanted to recommend. So amazing. Tons of articles and blogs, which I frequently refer to when I get questions or even in certain mentoring relationships I'm in, I'm regularly going to their website and like, okay, check out this article. This really helped me copy paste. Like it's going to be super helpful. Personally learned so much from her. Yeah. And grown so much from her. Yeah. Her ministry is for women all about sexuality, sex, intimacy. She has content on like everything. Yes. So, so amazing. And then her latest book, I thought it was called Holy Sexuality. It's no like idea. God and your marriage and like why sex matters. It's like, like God, sex in your marriage. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to get it right in the end. Maybe. Um, but it's a really great book for married women, for married couples to understand like why sex, the gospel, how it's all connected, why it matters. Like you were saying, having that foundation yeah. is so important. And then again, you mentioned our book, Sex Purity and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. Just an easy read. It's accessible. It's down to earth. It's each of our journeys and coming to really understand God's design in and out of our different struggles, um, knowing that lust, it's not just a man's struggle. It's a woman's struggle too for single and married women. How do we battle? How do we fight? How do we go to scripture for truth? How do we guide our emotions um, by God's word? And so there's amazing resources. Please just choose a few and start tapping into them. Um, Don't continue battling these things alone, but surround yourself with wise people, with great resources. Um, I know that God wants to use those to really grow you and grow your heart. And there's actually a few that you could take advantage of right now. We have written several Mm. eBooks on, you know, battling sexual struggles, battling lust, and you can actually get those for free by joining our Patreon family. So girl, patreon.com slash girl defined, patreon.com slash girl defined. We have one called five strategies to find freedom from sexual sin. We have another ebook that we wrote called Set My Heart Free, or Set My Heart, a seven-day devotional for drawing close to Jesus. And these are resources. There are dozens more that you can yeah. have absolutely free if you join our Patreon family. So all you have to do is pledge like a dollar, two dollars per video, per podcast episode, and you will get all of these resources. Or you can go directly to our shop, girldefined.com slash shop and grab them. But Come on, become part of the community yeah. and, and get them. Yes. Okay, guys, if you appreciate this conversation, if you want to ask questions about it, let's continue talking. And we do that over on Instagram at Girl Define. So just find where this podcast was posted and come hang out with us. Ask us questions. We would love to continue dialoguing about something that is very hush-hush, unfortunately, in Christian married women's circles. So let's keep talking. Let's keep encouraging one another, helping one another, being transparent with one another. And then again, if you appreciate this kind of content that not a lot of people are talking about, share it with a friend, send it to a sister, you know, send it to a cousin, and then head on over to Spotify, Apple, some of the apps where you can rate podcasts. If you drop us a five-star review, we will see it and we will be so thankful. Thank you. It takes a couple seconds, literally like 20 seconds, and it really helps other women find this show, Um, boosts it in the algorithm. It's just a small way you can say, hey, thanks girls. Keep up the great work. We so, so appreciate it. All right. We love you guys so much. We're praying for you and come back and join us next week for another episode.